Joining me right now is Michigan top team, coach, owner, fighter. He does everything. Darren, what's going on? Welcome to Kumite Radio. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get this going. Before we talk about fighting, I want to talk about something else that you're into extremely is guns. <laughs> yeah, I shoot a lot. Um, you know, just you, you always got to have one with you, right? It definitely, if you, you know, if, if you're allowed to have one, you should have one. Are you in Japan or are you over in the States? I'm in Korea. You're in Korea. Okay, so I don't know if you guys can have them or not. No. Uh, okay, let me give you a look of what weapons are like over here. If you have a gun or you buy a gun, you have to keep it at the police station locked up. <laughs> so what's, what are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> well, when you want to go hunting, I guess, or when you want to go shoot, you have to go and kind of rent it from the police. Yeah. Can I borrow this for a second? Exactly. So it's totally different from the states. And I actually grew up in the states, so I'm I support Second Amendment. Exactly. The Second Amendment. I support it all, you know. It's like you should have the freedom to carry your gun. But now, did you get into hunting when you were young? How did you get into uh shooting? So I uh I mean, I did some hunting when I was younger, but it's I mean, it's okay. You got to go sit in the cold weather and then shoot an animal. Invite the animal to like breakfast, like have some food and then you shoot them. I, I actually, I don't really care for hunting. I mean, I will go probably once a year just, just because all my family's doing it too. But um, I got into the shooting sports uh, slightly after I was in the UFC. I started making, you know, decent money and uh, guns are not cheap. And, uh, and, and so I got into shooting sports after I started making some, some good money. So I basically spent all my UFC money on guns <laughs> um, and started doing uh, some competitions and stuff like that. It's, it's, there's a lot of, lot of uh, firearms competitions in, in the States, um, especially like in, in Michigan. Uh, we're like pretty gun uh, oriented community. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. When I was growing up and uh, I, I grew up in Washington, so Okay. Like I grew up, yeah. my dad bought me my first gun when I was 12 years old. So I've been, I was shooting from that age. So I'm going to guess the gun. You probably got a Ruger 1022. Exactly. How do you, how do you know this? Yeah. That's everybody's first gun. <laughs> it's the easiest to shoot. Yeah. 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 It's a good training tool. Exactly. Um, yeah. Shooting, shooting sports. Now, is that something that you have as another career? Is that something you plan on doing in the future? more when you stop fighting uh the shooting sports there's like maybe three percent of guys that do shooting sports that actually make a living right there's not a whole lot of um money to to be made i mean you don't see the shooting sports on uh, on espn or anything like that so there's not a whole lot of uh of actual money in the sport but you get a lot of free stuff like i get you know i have a couple companies vg defense um, they're my, the rifle company that uh, sponsors me. They give me rifles. I get free ammo, Phoenix ammo. Um, they're all, and all these companies are Michigan based companies. So, um, and so I'm from Michigan. Um, so that's the nice thing. You get some perks, uh, if you're good, at, like I am, I'm a pretty good shooter, but I'm not, I, I beat some pro pro shooters and stuff like that, but I, I don't travel uh across the, the the country and do like big tournaments or anything like that i do mostly local stuff and like i just have a good time at it and i post some cool videos of it yeah definitely some cool videos and you do have to support your local businesses exactly exactly 
Yeah. Now let's get into yep. the fighting. Um, Tough Twenty Seven just recently started, and you were on season fifteen of the Ultimate Fighter. If you yep. look back at that season, what were some memories and maybe some nightmares that you have? I actually, I mean, I had an awesome time on the show. Like, uh, my season was the only season. It was thirteen weeks, or yeah, thirteen. 13 weeks long. Everybody else is six. Other than the first season, it was seven. Um, I had a blast. I mean, it was, wasn't much of a difference as far as living conditions and like training all day, every day and, and stuff like that. So um, the only, the hardest part was there was no communication with the outside world. So no, no TV, no radio, no music. Uh, I would say definitely the music thing uh, was the hardest part of the actual show. So try try going for a run on a treadmill without music or working out without music. You know, you don't realize how much it affects you as far as motivation and, and stuff like that until you take it all away and you got to go and warm up into a room. That's like, that's quiet and there's no music going and you're supposed to like jog and warm up and get ready. And it's, you literally jog in a circle and you wait for the music to turn on, but it never turns on. <laughs> what is the, what type of music or do you listen to when you're getting ready to fight or when you're on the treadmill? Uh, so it, you know what? I, I'm, I guess you'd say like a connoisseur of, of music. Like I listen to, it's basically everything. Um, just depends on what I'm doing or what I like, like throughout the day I'm working at the house, I'm working on my house and stuff like that. I like to listen to country music when I'm, uh, when I'm boxing, I list, I listen to old school rap. Uh, and you know, on the, at the gym, I'm, I'm jamming out the techno, you know, it, it's not a, I don't really hold, have a whole lot of that I don't listen to. Um, I mean, I'm not going to like listen to like Christian rock or something like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, most genres. Now you've been going over to Japan for the last couple of years fighting for Ryzen. What are the biggest differences you see between fighting in Japan and fighting in the States? I would say... One, the Japanese love to hear themselves talk, right? Like they like, so the rules meeting is freaking hours long and, and they like go, I mean, they really go in depth and stuff when, I mean, I can see why they do it because they have so many people from different countries and so many people are talking in different languages and stuff. But for the most part, I mean, guys have been fighting, you know, they know, they should know the rules. I know Ryzen has their own rules set and it's like almost fight. Every fight is slightly different rules because they allow that. Um, but as far as the, the difference, yeah, it's in a ring. Um, but the same mentality as far as fight to fight is the same from ring to cage. You just have a different, uh, different arena, I guess. Um, I like the soccer kick rules. I like kicking. I like trying to kick people on the head on the ground. I really love that. My next fight, uh, I believe I can throw elbows. So uh, I'm comfortable there too. Um, but I would say the biggest difference is the fans. You, you walk into the arena, and during the fight, it's, like, super quiet. Like, you can hear your coaches. You can hear his coaches. You can hear every little thing in the arena because um, everybody else, instead of, like, hooting and hollering and, and, like, being drunk and belligerent or whatever, like, the American way, uh, is, like, quiet, and they're, like, studying, basically, like, studying what's going on. Yeah, when something big happens, they go, ooh, rah, you know, but then they go right back to silence, and it's, it's actually really nice being able to hear your corner over the crowd. Yeah, you know, being in Japan, the crowd is so quiet, and they're actually getting better at being more excited about the action. 
Because yeah. before, a few years back, they would be completely quiet. Even something would happen and they would kind of stay quiet still. So right. Right. You're, uh, you're going over there at the right time because the fan interaction is getting better in the arenas. I, th I think that's because, like, everybody's so polite there. You know, everybody's worried about, like, uh, other people. Like, I, I mean, that's the great thing about the country is you go and you get on an escalator. Everybody's on one side. That way, if somebody needs to go and run up the thing, like, they can go. It's crazy. I don't know where the garbage goes. I don't see one trash can, but there's no garbage anywhere. Uh, everybody's real polite. Um, it's even funny because you sit at a light and, uh, like, on the street, you're walking around. You sit at a light, and there's, like, no cars coming. Everybody stops and sits and waits for the walk sign. And when you go, like, because, I mean, you go to New York or something like that, if, like, you just blast through that light if there's a red or green or whatever. If it's safe to go, you go. If it's not that safe, you still go. So, like, when I, like, go, I go to take off, everybody's like, oh, my God. Like, ooh. Like, they go to think, and then they, they stop, and they're like, oh, I don't know what they're saying. Probably talking shit about me but uh <laughs> but it's it's crazy how uh society there is like really really tight and everybody's real respectful of each other how was that experience of going over there in the language barrier you're you're walking around you really don't know what anybody is saying but they're excited it's not like the language that's hard to uh hard to get used to because like really a lot of people speak english i mean because most uh most people around the world are into uh, American, like, uh, I wouldn't say like, oh, well, they're in American, like, music and stuff like that. So they sing the words, they hear the songs, they kind of get it. I mean, everybody watches, uh, like, American movies and stuff like that. So I don't, like, and that's, I've, I fought in Brazil, I fought uh, all over, like, everywhere, French-speaking places, um, and everybody can understand uh, English. So, like, if I have to go up to somebody and say, hey, blah, 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 a lot of times I can get my point across, they get their point across. It's about, like, reading signs and stuff like that. Like, hey, don't walk over here. Or how do I get on this bus to this bus so I can go to the gym or shopping or food or something like that. That's the hardest part. Um, that's why I like to go in a lot earlier than most guys that are fighting. That way I can get, like, where everything's at. I get uh, comfortable. I get my time set because uh, it's, like, basically on the other side of the world. Um, so, yeah. But I'm getting pretty good at uh, navigating through Japan. Yeah, uh, it's it's not that hard. Once you get used to it, you can find everything well, pretty It's a big, easily. giant symbol with a box in the house, and there's a, you know, I don't know what those mean, you know? <laughs> You gotta so, get one of those uh, sign books. Yeah, I need a sign. I need a sign book, or I just need somebody uh, from Japan just to take me everywhere I go. Exactly. Well, that's the best. That's the best. Yeah. and we'll do that. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I've seen him at every fight. Uh, I literally was walking out of the uh, the hotel, and I like my idea was okay. I'm getting on the train, and I'm gonna go a couple stops down where they're shopping. And my in this in uh, uh, I actually see him every time. I went to dinner with him once. Um, but he uh, escorted me to the train, put me on the train, went with me, dropped me off, and then he went back to the hotel to get, like, uh, signatures and stuff. I actually gave him my shirt that I was wearing just because he did that. Um, but it was really cool. Like, he's willing to help me out and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. Ryzen, they're known for their production. Now, if you compare that to other promotions that you have fought for, is the difference gap too wide? Uh, I don't... 
I think they do a great job in the back and production wise, as far as like the show, you know, they, they have the same lady that, uh, I think she's a lady that, uh, did the pride fights and stuff like that, uh, like that. She's real famous. Um, but it is task. It, it's, it's hard on the fighters because, because there's that, that huge introduction in the, in the pre fight, like uh show and stuff like that. It's hard because now we, we have to be there like all day instead of, you know, say the fights start at seven, we get there at, at four. No, the fights start at seven, we get there at noon. And we have to be there throughout the whole entire day. And that's one thing that I don't like because, uh, you know, that's a, that's a whole day and you're exhausted by the, if you're the last fight, you're exhausted, right? So that's the, that's the hard part. And the food, they like, when I go to Japan, I, I go to uh, markets, I get up my, all my own food and I cook it in my room because I'm one, not used to that, the, 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 the type of food that is, uh, is sold in Japan. One, I'm dieting. Um, and then, so like that day, they give you these boxes that you're supposed to eat out of. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat any of this food. Like, this is not what I eat. Uh, it's nothing to you, but like, I need to stick to what I'm used to. Um, and they say you can't, but I just, I don't care. I sneak it in anyway. May 6th, uh, Ryzen 10. Now they actually put numbers to the event, so you don't have to call it these long names, right? You can remember yeah. easily. Ryzen 10 in Fukuoka, you're going to take on Koshi Masumoto. He is Koshi a veteran. Masumoto. Yeah. <laughs> every time I've said his name, I mess it up worse and worse every single So by the time the fight starts, it's going to be like Kishimoto Mido. Like <laughs> well, Japanese names are easiest in the Asian countries, I believe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kashi Masamoto. Koshi, Koshi. Koshi, Koshi, Koshi. Yeah. Like kosher. Kosher, Koshi, Koshi. Koshi Masamoto. He is a veteran, Japanese MMA veteran. He is a champ of multiple promotions. Yep. Uh, yep. Locally, he is very famous. It seems like they're not giving you any easy matchups. Do you believe so? You know, that, that's because the easy matchups don't want to fight me. You know, the only guys that are willing to put their neck on the line um, and fight me are the guys that are experienced. You know, that's uh, and they want a good show. That's the biggest thing about Ryzen is it's all about the entertainment. Yeah, speaking of the show, when you come out, you come out in the American flag, bandana, jacket. What, how did you come up with that idea? You, you know, you're one of the guys, only guys out there representing America abroad <laughs> the way you do. Yeah, well, like, uh, when I first signed with them, they were like, you know, you got to come up with a theme. And I've always been a huge patriot uh, back home. Like, I mean, I have American flags all around my house. Um, if you look at my Instagram, I got, I mean, I, I just love it. So uh, when they were like, you got to come up with a theme, I'm like, well, I'm just going to bring as much American as I can to Japan and, and show you what the culture is all about. So uh, that's, that's what I try to bring. Yeah, that, uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that you bring that aspect to the show because there's nobody else doing that. Right, right, right. Well, I have a blast. I was always a fan of uh, the Hulk Hogan theme song when I was growing up. And then uh, Don Fry with his big ass mustache. Uh, <laughs> you know, I started growing I sh just before I signed the fight. I shook all my hair off. And so now it's growing back. Hopefully it gets deep enough to where I can have the mustache. The same one? But yeah, yeah, for the fight, for the fight. All right. Well, for this fight, uh, when did you start your training camp, and who have you been working with to prepare for Koshi Masumoto? 
Well, uh, I think he's a little shorter than I am. Everybody that I've ever really fought in the past has been my height or, or way taller than me. Um, I think he's five, seven is what his sure dog account says, which is going to be uh, slightly different than me for me, because I'm, I'm used to being the shorter guy, but, but it'd be really nice because I actually play the long game really well as far as, uh, uh, even with longer guys, because I, I have the advantage of kicking and, and uh, so they got my kicks and stuff like that. I'm pretty good with that. Um, so I, I think it's going to be really hard for him to close a distance and, uh, and actually try to hit me um, and or try to take me down. I expect him to try to take me down. I mean, that's like, for the most part, once, you, once I start hitting people and I get my groove, like they're going to try to take me down. Um, I don't think he has that great of wrestling, uh, you know, what I've seen in his fights and stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm not throwing him out because I mean, he's a veteran. He's got a lot of fights. He's got wins under his belt. Um, so you, you know, but whenever I step into competition, I'm not really competing against, uh, the guy across right from me. I'm competing against myself. I need to show up, uh, and, and do what I know I can do. I just produce and, and go after people. You're known for your kicks. And the guy is shorter than you. You say you're used to fighting guys taller. Is that going to be an advantage against a shorter opponent? A hundred percent. I, you know, like I said before, like normally guys can't get inside of my range uh, with my kicking range because I can keep them at bay with kicks. And th and I'm talking about the taller guys. Uh, I fought Anthony Anjuquani, um, who's like six three, right? Big, big dude. Um, and I, uh, I, 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 I feel like I tore him apart. I, I threw a flying knee. I freaking need a dude that's six, two in the face. Right. Um, so I, I feel like I'm really good against guys that are tall and long and the guys that are short are just not going to be able to close the distance on me, you know, cause, uh, I'm either going to be right in front of them because I want to be, or when he tries to attack, I'm going to be gone too far away. How do you see this fight playing out? Uh, as far as uh, realistically, what I see is me closing the distance, uh, tagging them, um, basically breaking them apart mentally and physically. And then, you know, once he's afraid of, uh, of like my hands and feet, one of them are going to catch him and, and put him down. We were to, you were talking about earlier, like the ring versus the cage, you, you know, of course, rising is in a ring. Is that advantageous for wrestlers, do you think, or is it better for the strikers? I think it's better for the strikers. One, there's no wall work. Like, you're on the, on the ring. Yeah, uh, like, you can get stuck there, but you fall out of it, right? Uh, um, it, it's just not as it's, – it's harder to fight on the ring as far as trying to get takedown and stuff. You don't have anything backing you. The reason why the cage is nice for wrestlers is because it stops the sprawl. But that ring, it, it's just a, it's a real awkward position. And I think it's easier to get off the ring ropes because of the bounce um, than it is the cage. My dog's going crazy. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. May 6th, Rising 10 in Fukuoka. You're going to take on Koshi Masumoto. Um, I look forward to you bringing the American flavor to Japan again. Thank you for your time, Darren. Hey, thanks for having me.